Now you know probably that there are only 28 chapters in Acts, even though officially Acts only has 28 chapters. But church history is still being written, so this is why I said we we're going to look at Acts chapter 29. The following is a brief look at church history. This may be more information than what you usually get on a Let's Talk, but there's a point to it. The book of Acts covers the first 30 years of church history, and then Acts officially ends with Paul and Rome ministering to the people. Acts 28.31 ends with the following information written by Dr. Luke. From verse 30, <clears throat> For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. As history tells us, the history of the church was only beginning. The history of the church from the first century to the 21st century can be chopped up into many different time periods. For the sake of time, I will include only five time periods of church history. The first time period covers the early church after the book of Acts. The church was established in the first century as the gospel spread through the Roman Empire. The people met in houses and not in dedicated structures like we have today. The second and third centuries saw persecution rise against the early Christians. This subsided greatly when Constantine, as the first Roman emperor to claim conversion to Christianity, converted to Christianity. He called the First Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, at which the Nicene Creed was professed by Christians in Christianity and became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Church buildings began to appear, such as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, established in 335 AD and can still be visited today. It is important to know that during the first period, having a personal copy of the Bible was not possible. The second time period of church history began with the Byzantine Empire, which was established in 330 AD and lasted until 1453 AD. The Byzantine Empire was the longest lasting medieval power. Its influence continues to today, especially in religion, art, architecture, and the law, the laws of many Western states, Eastern and Central Europe and Russia. We learn that art and architecture were important in this period and we can learn from them. The third time period of church history was the Church of the Middle Ages. The church gained the world but lost its soul. Many Christians just went along to get along. Bibles were a rarity. This, this is a period of the Crusades. Some great cathedrals were built during this period. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Christianity by this time had degenerated into many false teachings and beliefs about the faith. Church was only a ritual that people observed out of tradition. Due to a lack of Bibles, the church lost its roots. The fourth period was an age, the Age of Reformation, from 1517 to 1648. Today we owe a lot to this period of church history. Reform came with a fury. Martin Luther sounded the trumpet, but hosts of others rallied to the cause. The period we call the Reformation marks the, mobil the mobilization of Protestantism. Reformation began to take shape in this period. Following Jesus by faith rather than works was the message of the period. The Bible once again regained, regained its right, righteous pl right place in Christianity. People were encouraged to follow the word of God rather than self-centered church doctrines that had little root in scripture. The fifth, fifth time period of church history is the modern era. Perhaps John Wesley had more impact on the 18th century than any other single man. He emphasized the simplicity of the gospel, preaching over 40,000 sermons in his traveling evangelism. The 19th century saw the development of international missions such as China Inland Mission and the Sudan Interior Mission, and also an independent church movement. The Charismatic and Pentecostal movement happened during this period as well. In conclusion, this begs the question, what are we doing now to advance church history? What are you doing? Are you advancing Acts chapter 29? Are you serving in the church in any capacity? 
Are you using your spiritual gifts? Are you part of church history? We should remember the words of C.T. Studd, the great British missionary to Africa, China, and India. He said, quote, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What are some lessons from church history? The church, num, ch lesson number one, the church can be established in, amid persecution. That was the story of the first century church. Number two, a church building is not necessary for Christians to meet to worship. Church buildings weren't established until the 300s. Number three, we are blessed to have personal copies of the Bible. To have a Bible and to study it are not the same thing. Number four, Christian art, music, and architecture can be a powerful medium for sharing the gospel. And number five, the fire and enthusiasm of Christian life can die out whether Christians go, go along to get along. The gospel demands a radical application of scripture to life. Your house, your hobbies, your golf game won't last. Only what is done for Christ will last. We have all the advantages of owning multiple copies of the Bible, following God, godly leaders who follow the word of God, freedom from persecution, freedoms to meet and pray and worship the Lord. We need to take advantage of these benefits that have been won over, over time for our benefit. Take the gospel seriously, get involved in the church, and be part of writing Acts 29. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Help us to be church-minded members. Help us to be gospel-minded Christians. Lord, help us to expand the church and be part of Acts 29. In Jesus' name, amen.